That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Got another dude! Hey! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right. Dudes to the left. Stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy. Bronco Nagurski Award. Ultimate dudes. Got another dude! O-line you. Bunch of dudes. A lot of dudes. Yeah! Another dude in the house! Welcome to the Lot of Dudes podcast, Season 2, Week 7. Raleigh, North Carolina was founded in 1792, receiving its namesake from Sir Walter Raleigh, the 16th century explorer. Sir Walter's contribution to North Carolina was sponsoring the city of Roanoke, better known as the Lost Colony. Ironically, it was the pilgrims from Plymouth that looked lost on Saturday, falling to the Wolfpack by a score of 28-23. to 23. BC drops to 4-2 and two on the year, and like Roanoke, any chances of playoff contention have officially been wiped out. On today's episode, we'll recap what the F happened on Saturday, revisit our tailgate ability ratings from last episode, and break down everything that would have to go wrong to somehow lose to Louisville this weekend. Matt, it's, I mean, you said it, our, our long college football playoff dreams are now officially dead. What, you know, an awesome weekend we had in Raleigh, uh, really except for 12 to 3 on Saturday afternoon, and that was about as bad as it got. So missed opportunities continue to be the story of Boston College football. And at this point, all we can do, I guess, is pick up the pieces and try to get back on, ta- on track for a very winnable game homecoming weekend. So 15-0 is officially no longer in play. 14-1 is also officially eliminated from contention. 10 and 2, and I won't go 13 and 2. 10 and 2 is still very much alive, but tell you what, we're going to have to look a hell of a lot better in order to uh, make that a reality. Some major adjustments need to be made uh, top down. None of the units look good for the first 40 minutes. Uh, coaching, uh, offense, defense, special teams is actually good, believe it or not, right? Um, but I'll tell you, Matt, that's not the team we expected. Uh, there's something about this team not being able to go on the road. There's something about this coaching staff that can't get these guys ready. Uh, there's something about these guys that just can't figure it out uh, against good competition. So it's, it's all the above, and it's, it's really disappointing you know, compared to the offseason hype and everything we thought coming into the season, particularly after the first three games of the season or so. Yeah, and we tweeted it out you know, during the game, but to be completely honest, this is the most deflated and, and disappointed I've been with this program you know, in, in really a full decade, which I think says a lot because we've obviously had plenty of lows. But when you take all the factors, when you look at the hype that we had coming in, uh, you know, the excitement we had around the team based on what we saw in the back half of the schedule, and then even getting to you know, 23rd in the country, looking further at how you know, bad the rest of the ACC is, this just really seemed like the perfect storm for it all to come together. And, you know, pretty much as quickly as it came, it has vanished. And again, it's, it, it's, it's even more frustrating because we know that the talent is there. We saw what we did in the last, you know, 18 minutes or so. And we saw that we have the ability. I just don't understand why we are completely allergic to putting this together for a full 60 minutes and a full season. Yeah, not even close to 60. I mean, it was really outside of that, that last 
18 minute stretch or so. Uh, this team just just didn't want to be there. So let's just let's just get into the game here. So uh, our offense sticks. That's that's I guess my takeaway. We don't have a quarterback. Our receivers can't catch. Uh, we don't have an offensive line that can uh, open up any types of holes for the running backs. Can't protect the quarterback. Uh, at least for the first 40 minutes, right? Nothing good went our way. Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, our D line got no penetration. Uh, their quarterback threw it well. Outside of the uh, 14 turnovers that they had, that was the only thing keeping us in the game. It's an absolute embarrassment that uh, we won the turnover turnover battle. We had two block kicks, and uh, you know it still took a furious fourth quarter comeback to even get in contention of the game. So uh, that's the story of the game. I don't even want to break it down further. I know we have to. It's just that's that's what our show is. But um, that's my take uh, from 10,000 feet there, Matt. Yeah, there's just so many problems. Uh, again, I, you know, I don't even, I don't think it's a talent thing. I think, I think you're lower on the talent than I am. I think, well, again, Anthony well, Brown. Yeah. Well, I mean, but yeah, but you I don't know, think we have a quarterback, and you do. I think that's one of the biggest differences. Well, let's look at the first 40 minutes. I mean, it is an execution issue. Obviously, he missed a wide open Jeff Smith on the first drive. Uh, there were a lot of overthrows and, and just general bad plays, but, but, you know, no one else was picking up either. I mean, there were plenty of terrible drops. Uh, it did seem like every time Smith got off the line, he had five yards of space, but we either were overthrowing him at 15 yards or the ball was bouncing off his face mask. So there is execution issues all over the ball, but once we put it together, it does show that something is there, and we even saw it on the special team side. For me, you know, obviously that's a huge frustration, but the other part of it was just the play calling in the first 40 minutes. Every single time we had the ball, it was the predictable run-run uh, for total of two yards, and then a on third and eight, you know, we'd, we'd throw an out route for like four yards. We wouldn't even get near the sticks. And we did that pretty much 15 drives in a row until we got to, you know, late in the third quarter. It's just, you know, what are we doing as a, as a college football program, as an ACC program, going on the road, you know, in a game that we were, what, less than a touchdown underdogs, and we just completely lay an egg. It, it is so much more frustrating to me that, than Purdue was. We can kind of wash away Purdue as a non-conference game. Yeah, it sucks, but kind of get over with it. This is a team that we clearly showed, again, for the back half of the game, that we're better than, and it was a ripe opportunity to get a huge win, potentially get us back into the top 25, and keep our hopes of the ACC championship alive and well. And you realize everything sort of starts with offensive line play. R- really, both sides of the line um, have seriously regressed from last year. And obviously, we, we lost Landry, but we didn't really even have Landry last year. So defensively, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm going to chalk up a lot of it, because I, I don't know what else to do. Chalk it a lot. A lot of it is to uh, losing uh, Paul Pasqualoni. Uh, he must yeah, have had he, a, a much a bigger. Loss. He must have had a yep. much bigger impact than any of us realized. Because you know we have Zach Allen back. Wyatt Wright obviously you know has something that he can do right. Um, but it's really the, the tackles that uh, are just getting. Uh, what's the word? Sandwiched. That's not the right word. What's that? What yeah, happens? Kind of works. Steamroll. Pancakes. I, I was yeah. looking for the, a, a separate dish there, Matt. Um, you know, just, just every time. And, you know, it, it allows, you know, if the, if the guards uh, pancake them, allows the tackles to get upfield. Our linebackers can't get penetration. Uh, that, that was the, the biggest failure, in my opinion, was their running backs who are middle of the road. These guys are not good running backs, right? Uh, to just have these wide open running lanes every single time down the field. I don't know that we ever had a, a tackle for a loss. I, I, I should check the box score on that, but I can't remember a single time where, you know, our guys got penetration, uh, particularly in the run game defensively, and, and made a stop, uh, you know, at, at any point in the game. It, looking back on it, I don't know how we only gave up 28 points. Uh, it really is, and it's all the turnovers. Yeah, no, but I, it's, it's, it's the turnovers. That's all it was, right? We had, we had, you know, whatever, two of those turnovers were in the red zone at least. But you take those uh, away, right? And it's a, it's a 
50 yeah. to three game, right? Yeah. Instead of 28. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's honestly kind of, you know, kind of mirrors how, how, and we talked about this after wake and, and temple as well, how, you know, on the scoreboard, it was a one score game, but if we got rid of those mistakes, we win by 20 points and we feel much better. They pretty much had the exact same thing. There was no reason based on how we played in the first 40 minutes that that game should have been remotely close um, but, you know, again, at the same time, you know, Finley is very good, but we still did make those big plays that should have allowed to keep us in. Where I'm more upset at the defense, again, is the run, like you said, that just makes absolutely no sense. Um, putting Dennis at cornerback, to me, is a head-scratcher. He's an All-American safety, and he was just getting absolutely lit up all night at cornerback because it's a completely different position. I'd rather, you know, plug in a second or third string cornerback, kind of get beat there, but have a strong safety presence. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't. That one didn't make sense to it's me. It's easy to say that in hindsight, though, right? You didn't know that he was going to have a, a terrible game well, as corner, no, but maybe fine, you tried but, out in but practice. But after a quarter. But, but you saw the, our corner, and I don't want to say his name, but there was a guy back there who was a pretty weak link, right, who was getting burned by, by everyone. So credit the coaching staff on the surface, at least for, for recognizing that and making an adjustment against these very good NC State receivers. Um, but yeah, it was disappointing that he could he couldn't fit. He got burned uh, quite a few times. I think multiple touchdowns were scored were scored on him. As was uh, the last, as was the final, you know, third down that that iced it. Uh, speaking well, of, by the way, we set our, the house our, on that. You can't blame him on that. No, I, I get I get that. But in general, throughout the game, and it's been a, a problem throughout the season. Our third down defense, we get like third and ten and third and fifteens. It feels like seven times a game, and every single time they convert it. And it speaks to our offense as well too. I think there was a stat midway through the third quarter. We were like one for ten on third down. And they were like ten for twelve. Yeah. And yep. When you have a good offense like NC State does, you have to get them off the field when you have opportunities. And we had multiple third and and long, not just you know third and six, third and long. And they got they got you know they they kept on the field every time. So just painfully frustrating to watch that game. The opportunities were right there. And, and again, it's when you when you see the talent this team has and the way they played in the fourth quarter. And I know a lot of people downplayed it and said, you know, it just NC State took their foot off the gas. I really don't think that's true. I think we'd finally just executed, played to a, a game plan that really got us through the back half of the year last year. So when you see how good it can be, it just it just drives you absolutely nuts. We're going to disagree. Why do we watch it? We we're going to disagree a little bit on that one, Matt. I mean, I don't think the game plan was all that different other than it was it it had to be right. We had to throw you know seventy percent versus. You know, forty percent. Oh, fine. Right? So, but fine. Even ignore, even ignore the, the the game plan itself, the execution. But then the game plan, we can all agree, is completely different now, and really, it has been since Wake Forest than it was the back half of the schedule last year. We've reverted to what we looked like at the start of the year last year and prior to that. And I, I don't get it. I don't understand what the idea is. If, if the, if you know, Daz is saying, yeah, we have the talent now that we can just kind of go out and, uh, you know, just try to beat them and and be bigger than them, but. Look, that's just not the case. We're not Alabama. We're not going to just steamroll people. We need to have some creativity, and it has just gone completely out the window. Yeah, but you can't, you know, you can't run trick plays every time, Matt. You gotta, I don't need you trick plays, Matt, but I need, right, but I need you to establish not. the running game. That's that we've we've said that for six episodes now. You have to establish the running game first. Uh, obviously, we couldn't do that, but when we can do it, you know, like we did against Wake, good things happen. It opens up. We don't have we don't have the talent uh, across the board to be able to you know do this this high powered offense that you see some of these other schools do we just we can't do it and, and really the only reason we got back into it to begin with was kind of fluky anyway right um yeah you, know, you think about that uh, it was maybe our second touchdown that was set up by uh it's like a 40 yard pass to walker wh- where his defender fell down right you can't count on that every time um you know our first no, touch- but, but then on the other side you can say yeah but you can't count on jeff smith dropping 50 yard bombs when he is wide open and you know basically free touchdown so it's it's on both sides of it it's just complete lack of execution which again to me goes obviously to the players but it goes to the coaching staff as well how can you guys not have your team prepared it, 
this is again, and I think it's probably pretty evident if you're listening to this, but this is the most deflated I've been. Uh, I actually thought I was feeling pretty good midweek and, and we'll talk about the spin zone here, but just rehashing this, it's just, it's making me legitimately angry all over again. Do you blame Adazio or, or Loeffler? I, I, I think everyone, I think Do you think Adazio is taking over the playbook again, as everyone else is saying? I love that. <laughs> I love that. Every time we have a bad game, uh, it's Adazio calling the plays. It's like, it's like Loeffler's like Rain Man. I don't know if I use that rightly. The, the the head coach is like absolutely influencing the strategy. He's not physically saying, "Yeah, run a you know whatever inside handoff here." But there's definitely a meeting, and the head coach is the one deciding. Yeah, you know what? This game, I want to really make sure we pound the ground game and hope that some things open up. So maybe they have gone to that style of it. I don't know. It's very frustrating. Um, and and again, two years in a row, I think we've had a frustrating loss to NC State. Obviously, last year's was different because it was the you know Anthony Brown injury and I think everyone agrees that if he stayed healthy that game it you know probably one that we come away with but it just it sucks losing these guys you know losing these guys two years in a row on winnable games right yeah it turns, I think they actually suck Matt I, I don't think that's I do too I, I really yeah um but so, so I, I don't know that's enough on the offense I think we both agree that you know we got to do something different there I don't know if you want to bring in a, a different quarterback at this point uh, I saw some posts that it's time to uh Give Andover's finest EJ Perry a run. I don't know if that's the answer. You know, having played in the MIAA division, I don't right. know that that's going to really get you into ACC play against the likes of Clemson, Virginia Tech, etc. Um, yeah. So I don't. I think Anthony's got to be the guy this year. Um, we do have to figure out who else. We have a million quarterbacks on the roster for the next you know year or so. Uh, hopefully, one of those are, are good. But in my opinion, and I've really, I, I was not nearly as high on Tony touchdowns as you were at the beginning of the year. Um, but I did jump on the bandwagon after Wake. I really thought he uh, he had what it took, um, and I don't I don't know what his issue is, but it's getting to a point where maybe he just isn't all that talented, Matt. Yeah, look, I agree. He's been, he's been very disappointing over the last uh, couple games, really since Purdue. And and our offense goes as he goes. Obviously, Dylan's a, a huge piece of how our offense performs as well, too. But I I will do a little mini pood getting ahead here of. I am getting pretty sick of, you know, well, yeah, maybe he's not playing to the top of the ACC as we would like. The answer is not going to, as you said, a, a northern Massachusetts quarterback that nobody has seen play beyond the spring game. Yet every single message board, every single BCI comment, every single Eagle Atlanta comment is, oh, I just, I can tell this guy's a gamer. You know, he's going to come Man, in over the he, top. He, and he he's played the great key. against Holy it Cross. It is infuriating. <laughs> it is an absolutely infuriating from the, uh, and it drives me insane. Yeah. He is he is Troy Flutie 2.0 yes. at best. Best case. At best. Right. right. Sickening. All right. That's the offense is what it is. Um, but this is the first week that I'll come out and say it. Uh, turns out our defense isn't that great either. Huh, Matt? No. And, nope. and, and I, I touched on it in the intro, but it really starts with those defensive tackles. Uh, if those guys can't figure it out, I mean, we have a depth issue too. Um, we don't have guys that can that can get in there. And when they, you know, the guys that are in there are not all that effective at, at you know, soak, soaking up the offensive line. Uh, but the number of times that they had Finley, you know, I didn't think that the pass defense was all that bad. Well, up front, I thought they were getting some pressure up front uh, coming off the edge. I thought Zach Allen was at least close to it, fighting through double teams. Uh, but the number number of times, there was a third and 16 in particular that I remember where uh, they had like three near sacks on him and Finley danced out of the pocket yeah, to convert. Did, they, did he get it? Did they convert? I bet they converted. Matt, they did. They converted most they of their did. downs on, the, okay. on that game. Yeah. Um, now it's incredible and it's not, I don't think it's a credit to Finley, you know, escaping or, or whatever it is. Um, I just think our, our guys just, I mean, it's a tackling issue as well. It's, you know, and, and really they, they need to spend this entire week working on tackling. Thank God we're not playing against Lamar Jackson, uh, mm-hmm. this weekend. Cause we would not be able to bring him down. He would, he would have eight touchdowns, I think. 
All right, so I, I do want to touch on it, and I, I hate bringing it into it because I it's not the reason that we lost. But these refs, and maybe you were going to get to it in your pood, but we can touch on it multiple times because it deserves repeating. They were an absolute disgrace throughout the entire game, but more specifically in that comeback. Uh, they completely robbed our guys from, from having a chance to pull off the 28-3 Part 2 upset. Um, the Ben Glines fumble, the forward progress that wasn't in that play. He also got punched in the head that somehow everybody missed. And then, of course, obviously the terrible spot on third down on NC State's uh, clock-killing drive there. So, you know, obviously the, the Ben Glines one ended up working out into a touchdown, but it cost us two minutes off the clock. And then, of course, at the end of it, giving them an extra first down that it would have given us the ball back with, you know, two minutes and basically allowed him to salt it away. So obviously not 100% the reason we lost. The refs didn't necessarily put us in the hole, um, but a, a huge component and it, it really does change the game. And it does feel like we're just not, you know, even allowed to play on the same field. It sounds like too, obviously we couldn't see it from where we were sitting, but it sounds like they were holding on pretty much every single play. They NC were, State yeah. Was. I watched the replay, Matt, or the 20 Oh, minute. God help you. I, I, I wanted to. I could not bring myself to watch another second of that. I had game. to turn it, yeah, I, I had to turn it off every five minutes, but uh, no, it, it's true, especially on the end, as I was saying, Zach Allen was, was fighting through those double teams. One guy was holding, um, but I don't, again, I, I don't think you can blame that as much. It was kind of an electric environment. I didn't realize NC State fans were Yeah, it was. It was, it was. it was really good. It was loud in there, and we tried to get loud in our uh, our 30-person BC section, um, but I don't think they I'll take they the under us. on 30, by the way. Yeah, probably, right? Uh, but no, that was disappointing because it's it's the second time that's resulted in a loss. You think about Purdue, a couple of ridiculous calls there. So uh, that targeting, I, I don't understand whatsoever that, that got uh, Richardson out of the game. I was yeah. actually, Matt, you know, it was funny. I was still in the parking lot when that happened. So, okay. and, and we'll get to this, but uh, part of the tailgating scene at uh, NC State, you can leave at halftime and go back to your car and, and, and grab a beer or whatever. I was so deflated after that first half. I, I had to get dragged back in the third quarter. I didn't want to go back, Matt. I, I, I had seen enough and I, I thought that we were done, uh, especially when it, and it was 28 to three. I thought I was done. So anyway, I saw, I saw the replay. There was, that was not a target. I don't know what the rest were, were looking at, but that's just, uh, you know, being a road team in the ACC as a, as a Northerner, I guess we're going to have to, to fight through that. Yeah, again, it's just really frustrating. And I hope that Jarmond or, you know, someone in the staff is at least like bringing these things up. They, I mean, they were clearly cut and dry. This isn't a judgment call of, yeah, you missed a couple calls here and there. I mean, that, that third down conversion, he was a yard and a half short and they basically gave it to him. No problem at all. So I hope that this is actually being brought up the chain and just saying, look, we can't stand for this. Again, I, I don't think there's a conspiracy against Boston College. Um, I, it wouldn't put it, I guess I wouldn't put it past the ACC, but I'm not going to go that far. But we just got to get a fair shake in one way or another. And I, I don't know what's going on. But uh, overall, again, just a, I think a fitting way to end a, a frustrating game. I do want to ask you your thoughts on, and I don't think he's all the way there yet, but Adazio's seat is definitely getting a little bit warm. Is that fair to say? Matt, I'll save it for my pood. How's that? Yeah, all right. Fair enough. That's a good segue. Uh, and I, to end on a positive note, how about that? We're not dead. The ACC is still winnable, but we need to flip the switch the way we did last year after Vatek and, and, and become a different team and leverage the talent that we know we have. I, Except my, this year, our schedule was was you know, front loaded it is. or other way around, right? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're doing I, it the opposite way. And yes. if we play anything like we did against NC State, against Purdue, and it turns out Wake sucks, right? We have no evidence of us being a good football team. So to think that we're going to pull off upsets. Clemson's laughable at this point. Miami is is well, very, yeah, but Clemson, very but Clemson doesn't have a quarterback. 
Yeah, they do. Didn't uh, what's his name play the other day? Is, I, I, we weren't watching. I, I'll, I'll put my hand up on that. Trevor Rudolph is that his name? Mason? Nope, not even Trevor. Close. Trevor Lawrence. That might be a D lineman. I don't know. Whatever the guy is, Sunshine, right? I think he's back in it, Matt. So, but it doesn't matter. They could throw me out there, and that D line would eat up our. our we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Duteous Corpus will cover it then. But to think that we're going to have some type of miracle comeback is not going to happen. I think seven and five is officially our ceiling, but we're getting way ahead of uh, wow. <laughs> this episode. That's, here. All right, I know. I'll, I'll I know, be honest. I know. I'm, uh, that's more depressing than I. I all right. Uh, interesting. Um, that's that you, slipped out. That I don't know if I mean that yet. Yeah, uh, that's that's dark. Yeah, I know. All right. I mean, let's look at it this way. Look at it, if we got the ball back, and let's say the refs didn't screw us over, and we got the ball back with two minutes there. I mean, I had full confidence that we were going to win that game. We were moving the ball at will. Jeff Smith, like I said, was getting seven yards of separation every single time. I had a hundred percent confidence that if we got the ball back with over two minutes, we were going to win that game and go on to run the table. So, you know, it is. You talk about that margin of error that we knew we wouldn't have. We kind of came into the season saying this is on a knife's edge and, you know, a couple of things go our way and we're in the playoff. A couple of things go against us and we're, you know, five and seven. So I, I still have that confidence that we are right there and, and we can figure it out. But we need a complete overhaul from the top down. And a healthy Dylan and everyone. And a healthy Dylan. Agreed. All right, so I think that just about covers uh, NC State. Let's put that out of our memory and, and move on here. So let's move into the segments here, Matt. I'll kick it off if you don't mind, because we touched Please. on it earlier. Um, and this one's kind of a funny one, in my opinion, because it usually pooed means something bad, right? That's how this, this show works. Yeah, normally that's the rule. That's, that's, this, these segments don't have a lot of rules. That's kind of the one rule. It's the one rule, right? Mine is more, hey, it's a, I'll, you'll, you'll figure it out here. All right. <laughs> so my pooed this week is, and we touched on Daz and, and his hot seat's getting a little warm. I don't want to call it a hot seat yet, but his, his seat is getting warm, right? Um, and with that, the nicknames return. And I just, Matt, I love the nicknames that people come up with uh, for Coach Adazio. Uh, so Dazzler, that's pretty tame, right? Yep. Uh, Daz the Spaz, because he yells okay, at the yeah. refs, right? Well, also because he's like Spaziani, probably. That works on a couple levels. He's not like Spaziani. He, he rebuilt this program. Matt. I get that, but I'm saying in uh, terms of losing, back it's bringing my, back bad memories. Daz truther mode here. Um, <laughs> my personal favorite one is, is Dazzo shit. That's is, yeah, I love that one. And that's where poop yep. comes in. What does that mean? Is that like an, an allusion to something? I think it's just no. He, they they are they are implying that Daz is is shit. I think it's, Dazzo it's, ship. That means that means nothing to anyone. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. All right. So that that's you see where I'm getting the poop from, Matt. I'm going to take mm-hmm. it one step further. I was on uh, one of the websites today, and I saw a commenter who I I believe to be a grown man, uh, on one of the posts about like a throwback uniform. Right. Say, why don't we put the numbers on the helmet? Because then the Dazzler could wear number two. Because he's a shithead. Oh, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you got to kind of go down the rabbit hole, but I like it. Man, I was at work today. I was la- I was dying laughing in, in my cube. I, I couldn't stop laughing. It was hilarious. Um, so anyway, so that's my pood. Um, you know, the, the hot seats returned and the nicknames for Daz are back. I love it. I'll, I'll go on the positive note here. Um, so the quick first dude I have is the new uniforms that we're wearing this week. Much rumored and, you know, credit to us for kind of being on top of that. And we'll get to that in a little bit uh, about kind of uh, how we were, you know, kind of the Indiana Joneses here who figured that one out. But overall, good. Not perfect. I think the pants are a little mustardy, so a little pooed within the dude. But overall, I'm very happy with this trend. Matt, Uh, I got a hot tick that's going to hurt our brand a little bit. You hate him. It's not even that I don't like what they just rolled out. I'm not as obsessed. I don't want to say this because everyone is obsessed with it, so I know I must be wrong. I'm not as obsessed with the whole throwback thing as everyone else is. 
I think that logo is great as is. And maybe it's our current italicized logo yeah, with Matt, a clip art eagle on it is horrible. Well, it's not clip art. I think that's that's something that someone said, and I don't think that's actually true. I don't think they got it from clip art. Um, I, maybe it's because I started my fandom in like I don't know. 2003 call it right and that's perfect if that fits in 2003 it's remarkably early 2000s right no they had the the current logo when i became a kind of a diehard fan right so maybe that's why i know i don't know it doesn't really matter this is not important but i'm just putting that out there in case anyone else also isn't in love with the uh the uniforms and agrees with me um that's <laughs> yes, great yes have a little focus group all right well my <laughs> other dude is is and maybe we're going to touch on this shortly but uh the trip itself raleigh itself as a city was was awesome Blew away my expectations. Uh, felt, you know, like a like a legitimate city. A ton of great restaurants and bars. We had an absolutely awesome time. Uh, can't say enough good things about our trip, again, except really for those uh, three hours. Within that as well, I, I need to give credit, and, and you touched on it a little bit earlier, but the stadium atmosphere, it was uh, much better than I expected. The crowd was loud. On every third down, they were instantly loud. They didn't need, you know, a prompt from the, from the PA. Uh, very hostile environment, obviously them being top 25, you know, live and sat up. Uh, and then I, I will also need to give a little love to the, uh, like music guy there had some really good song choices throughout the game. My personal favorite was him playing the cantina song from star Wars, uh, on the most crucial third down of the game made absolutely no sense. Complete wild card, but I absolutely loved it overall, a great experience down there. Um, so yeah, that, I think I think uh, that's all I have on the positive yeah, side. I'm, of this I'm gonna, everything else is bad. I'm gonna pile on. That's my dude as well, obviously. Okay. Um, you, if you guys haven't been to Raleigh, or, or really the whole uh, research triangle they call it, the whole you know Raleigh, Raleigh, uh, Durham, uh, Chapel, Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill. Yeah, I was gonna get there, Matt. All right. Um, you you got to do it. Uh, I went to Ch- Chapel Hill last year. It was awesome. Raleigh Raleigh was great. Having trouble pronouncing it now though, Matt. Had a couple cold ones here. Um, but so specifically, if you've never driven a pickup a truck. Shoot, man. Not you great, huh? All right, here's my last one. If you've never driven a pickup truck down south, um, you haven't lived. I, I convinced Matt to let us get a rental car and do the whole tailgate thing and just, you know, driving a pickup truck, windows down, uh, through through the back roads in North Carolina. It's just brought me back to the uh, the southern days, Matt. And uh, I'll tell you, the, the tailgate was great. NC State fans were kind of meaner than I thought. I think. Maybe hey, hey, mean- spoiler alert. Let's just segue right my poot is the NC State fans were not that great. Yes. Go it ahead. It was, uh, you know, they were, they were, you know, they weren't all bad. Shout out to Chuck, the guy who uh, we bought a park. Oh, Chuck from. was great. I'll tell I you mean, what. A- we met Chuck right outside the NC State bookstore. Couldn't even understand what he was saying. He was so Southern. Said he y'all 14 been, he times. Be, that guy was great. He, he should be our dude of the week. That's a bad job. If, if Oh, Matt, spoiler alert. Okay, sorry no, about no, that. No, not actually. No. Okay, um, but yeah, we had. But but overall, there were some bad experiences. We had a couple really terrible people kind of sitting near us. I don't think there um, were students. There was some really drunk girl that was just horrible, and she was just a she'll awful. Be, she'll be addicted to meth in a few years. Well, probably. yeah, that's know you know. But overall, say, but. For just to bring it back, Matt, we were surrounded by some great guys across the way, um, and overall, I think they didn't like us. Uh, the guys across the way were, were great, and they, you know, were offering us food and utensils and. and, and they, the I didn't get offered anything. What the heck? Well, I was I was chatting them up, Matt, because okay. I, I speak their I speak their language. <laughs> You're one of them, right? Matt, this is gonna be like an hour and a half episode. We we're yeah. so far beyond. So, but I'll I'll just this is important. So, um, no, but but those guys across the way were great. But then when we started playing, shipping up to Boston, and we're just you know dancing on the pickup truck. We got a little rowdy. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we were kind of asking for it. We're a little yeah. little fair, obnoxious. Fair That's what you do down south. So, and and last thing we can move on. I was uh, I was getting people. Some people wearing uh, Red Sox hats. So then I was going, "Hey, go Boston!" And then they'd be like, "Yeah, man, uh, college." I'd add, and then that, that really got them. 
there. Absolutely roasted them. You, you might have had to be there for that one, but that, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a fun one. Memorable for me. That's good. Uh, my only other boot of the week is the koozies now seem a little messed up. It was just really bad timing, honestly, for us to roll out a case of 100 Steve Adazio koozies for him to follow it up with. Plenty still available. One of his worth. Plenty yeah, still plenty available still, if anyone wants still them. They're, they're still very much in stock. So uh, Yeah, we might we might have to start paying people for those. But yeah, <laughs> not not great timing there. Who's your uh, Who's your dude of the week? There's really only one to pick from. The only unit that played well is special teams, right? And I, I don't know who to give it to because really the whole unit played well, both sides of the ball. Um, Ricky Brown, special team single-handedly kept us in that game. Um, Walker continues to be solid. We had the blocked field goal, the blocked punt, the forced fumble on the punt. Uh, we mixed up the coverage schemes uh, you know, to, to get in there, get penetration. Um, and most importantly, Matt, no one blocked our punts. So That's huge. Yeah. And we, we, made our, we didn't miss any field goals. So wins all around for the special teams. Um, unfortunately, we are, we are now 2-0 and when a punt gets blocked and winless when we block punts. So that's the only <laughs> caveat I'll add there. That's, that's a good point. It's, it's an interesting way to look at it. Maybe forward that along to Coach Brown's office. Um, Matt, I'm going to go actually off the board for our, my dude of the week, other than Chuck, who we already mentioned. I'm going to go with us for dude of the week here uh, for two reasons. So first off is ourselves included, but everyone was very negative throughout the game on Saturday, and rightly so for all the reasons that we talked about. We were the first ones to get the spin zone uh, turned in the right direction and pick the optimism back up. Like I said, this was the most negative I felt about a team in a long, long, long time. But within, I'd say, about, what, two hours from the final whistle, we talked ourselves back into an ACC championship because the conference is so bad. It's a down conference. We have weapons, and we are really good if we get all systems going. We just got to figure it out. And again, I think our optimism and our spin zone hopefully picked up some people on Saturday afternoon, got everyone a little excited for the rest of the way. I don't recall well, that happening, Matt. Okay. And granted, well, I, I had a couple – someone else had a the truck home, don't worry. Uh, but I had a couple cold ones. Um, don't recall that particular instance happening. Um, oh, it fully kudos, kudos to you if, if you were able to turn one or two people. It, it fully happened. Well, also us then for being all over the throwback uni drop. I know you hate it, but we've predicted this for the last like six months. Not specifically that we were just going to do it, that we were going to do it for the Louisville game. Check the tide stamps. Uh, so a big shout out to us for being on top of that. Honestly, Matt, if this whole podcasting doesn't work out, I do think we have a potential job in the Boston State Police as kind of the, de- the detective unit to sniff this out the way we did. That's a, that's one of the biggest leaps I've ever seen, Matt. Wow. Impressed. Okay. Very no, yeah. very impressed. Uh, okay. All right. What's next time? Is it Duteous Corpus time? Let's do it. All right, Matt. Uh, court is now in session. And let's kick it off. I don't have any because all I know is the ACC sucks. Do you have any? I hope you have some, and then we can. I got a few, and again, I'm going to attribute. Presence. I'm going to attribute you not having any to uh, again the post game tailgate. Uh, and a few cold ones down in Raleigh there for all of us, but we happen to see some of the games Saturday night. So I think we've, we've got a couple things to cover on. The first one, and this one makes me absolutely sick to my stomach. Well, actually two. I'm going to do two here. Uh, so the first is Notre Dame being charged with actually being really good and possibly making the playoff. It makes my skin crawl, but I have a really bad feeling about how the season's going to end up. I'm going to say this every time uh, we bring an ACC team into the courtroom. I don't think beating Virginia Tech means anything. They're still good enough to beat us, especially without A.J. Dillon. Um, but I don't put another feather in Notre Dame's cap because of that win last weekend. Okay, fine. But, I mean, can you not deny that they've looked phenomenal and, and really – I mean, they've had a couple wow. tests, Michigan, yeah, Stanford. I mean, they've looked tremendous throughout the year, except for the games against Vandy and Ball State where they sucked. Their should, challenges, they, they passed them with flying colors. You should you should talk to Father Leahy about maybe provoking your, 
your uh, diploma and maybe retroactively transferring there. Okay, we'll hold that thought because the second person I want to bring into the courtroom is Brian Kelly retroactively for murder. Uh, five years ago, I believe it was, he killed the student manager. And cold I don't know, blood. people don't talk about it enough. It was in cold blood. I'll tell you what. It was that. literally in cold blood. I think, like, literally there's a recording of him being like, I don't care that it's 100 mile an hour wins. I want this poor kid who all he wants to do is, is you know, be a part of this football team. I want him to die. And, you know, it's, it's really sick when you get down to it. And we're the only ones who are on top of it. I mean, we tweeted out once a week now that, that uh, you know, we, and we tagged the FBI and the CIA and the Indiana State Police. And, and no one seems to be picking it up. But there is a negligent murderer on the loose in South Bend. And, and I don't know what we're missing and, and, and why people are looking the other way. But it's, it's really sad when people put football above murder. All right. Moving on. Um, good, really good point, Matt. Um, I don't know who else to talk about, Matt. Syracuse, Syracuse, obviously the uh, the so miracle. Talk about Syracuse. The, the miracle season has is shattered. Um, they lost uh, in OT to Pittsburgh, uh, who is not a good football team. So that's not a great look for Cues. As we've said, though, one win or one loss in the ACC can still get you in. Oh, just check the tape. They now have two losses. I forgot they lost to Clemson. They are okay. officially guilty of being out of the playoff Matt. that's sad i feel really bad for you on that one i know that that one probably hurts uh miami is back they're they're uh i think well the question is are they charged with are you kidding actually bad no hang on i I read this wrong all right so is the the charges is fsu getting better each week or is miami actually bad um you follow me there yeah it was a bit of a double negative um yes double jeopardy yeah, I, I think it, I think you have to go double jeopardy, Matt. I yep. think, um, and what that means is that um, it's they're both either good or they're both bad. Matt, can you take this one? I'm having a hard time. Yeah, so it's a little like Schrodinger's cat, I think, in that regard. Right. Uh, so I, my, here's my thought. I, I I am not happy that we have to play FSU so late in the year because I do think they are putting the pieces together slowly each week. I still think they're a very bad football team, and that's a game we absolutely should win. But I would much rather have played them. You know, I, I, hell, I'll play them like midweek. I'll play them tomorrow just to kind of get it over with uh, because every week that does go by, I think they get better and better. On the other side of it, I do think Miami is actually bad. They really didn't have any right to win that game. They happen to have a you know pretty fierce fourth quarter comeback here. But we've been on this, this bandwagon for a year and a half now. But Miami just does not really intimidate us as much as they should for being a top you know, whatever they are, top 15 team at this point. So uh, They come to play at night, Matt. They'll come. They do, but not a there. Friday night. Yeah, but not a Friday night. Is that true? I, I don't know. You have to check the, I don't the know. saving. That sounds right. Primetime game, Matt. I think they'll show up. Okay. I got nothing uh, else. And, my and last, my, just my, my last two. Texas uh, is officially back. They're guilty of being back. Agreed. Yeah, that was a good. And one then for uh, Kentucky, unfortunately, was assaulted over the weekend. Uh, hate to see that. We were all in their bandwagon. Shout out to our good friend Patrick Tolls. But they finally fell to A and M. The Cinderella season is still going to be a very great year, and they're still, I think, top twenty right now. But uh, the college football playoff has has died, so they were uh, assaulted. A and M is guilty of assault. Um, I, I can't I can't think of any other legal uh, terms to throw in here, Matt. Uh, well, cats have nine lives, Matt. And they're wildcats. I did not. I had a bad segment way. here, Matt. Can we get out of this one? Yeah, let's 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 move on. Let's adjourn the court. All right, uh, court is adjourned. All right, let's uh, Eagles in the wild. Hopefully, this goes better. We were, you know what, again, I, and let me, let's take a step back here. I think we have an excuse built in that we were on the road all weekend. So it's, it's okay that we were completely 100% focused on college football. So I'm going to, I'm going to let us have that excuse in general. Uh, I'll go with my Eagles in the wild here, Matt. I have one, uh, John Johnson, the third, who is turning into a phenomenal defensive back in the NFL for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. So there's a great clip that kind of went mini viral of him 
uh, on Sunday. So Sean McVay, good-looking coach, went for it on fourth and one late in the game. A very ballsy effort. It works. Video pans over to the sideline as John Johnson standing there right behind Coach McVay doing the Sam Cassell uh, juggling of the large testicles. I don't know if you saw that clip. Uh, yeah, man, it was great. Real treat. It to was watch. laugh out laugh out loud funny. Yes, good one. Uh, I always like JJ. A, he's he's a he's a great kid. Yeah, I agree, and I, I you know I love Sean McVay, and I Matt, would love for him to one day coach at Boston College. Tell her we we could use his services this year. That would be really nice. All right, uh, I got one right in the nick of time here. Um, Matt, remember Steve Logan? I do. Yeah. Oh, the, yep. Breaking news. Steve Logan is officially, and I'm going to struggle with this because I don't know what I'm reading here. Um, he's officially the <laughs> offensive coordinator for something called the AAF which is the Alliance for American Football. No, so um, he's the Birmingham Irons is the team. Yes, not for the, the whole AAF. league. You're right. He's not Correct. the Yes, <laughs> I was going to get there eventually. Yeah, it's right. like it's like neighborhood football. He's the all-time offensive coordinator for all the teams. Yes, and, and the AAF is a new league that Troy Polamalu, I believe, wants to start next year. They also grabbed a former O-line coach from BC. Uh, and also, I think if I'm reading this right, uh, Carnell Williams, who I think is Cadillac Williams, but don't quote me on that one. Okay. I can't speak to that. Uh, is Hartford getting a team in this league? They seem like a, a good minor league football city. Matt, I just I can't do any more. Har- you talk more about Hartford than I do about. Well, I'm just saying, if, if Hartford's in, I will care about this league. But if not, I'm on to the uh, the XFL. And that, I'll tell you, Matt, that just about covers Eagles in the wild. Um, I think we nailed it. I think this podcast has been about an hour and a half here. So uh, let's move into not Purdue. Uh, I'm dealing with an old cheat here. Uh, Louisville is who we're playing. Yes. Yes. What's your fun fact? Matt, what's your fun fact? I'll start with it. So, again, since I didn't want to repeat the facts that I've done in previous years, I went completely off the grid here. Uh, I don't know how correct this is, but here's what I found. 90% of disco balls currently in production are made in Louisville, Kentucky. All right. Uh, nothing to add there. That covers that. <laughs> um, I got a fun fact. It's a it's a state law, so it's, it's not specific to Louisville, so I cheated a little bit. Um, it's illegal in the state of Kentucky, Matt, to put an ice cream cone in your pocket. Huh. And just a quick anecdote here. We had a roommate who once took a whole pizza uh, from a dining hall late at night, he realized realized he didn't have his wallet with him, and he committed a bit of a crime. He he put the pizza uh, into his jeans and walked walked right out with it. Let's, and then, let's bring him into duteous corpus next time. Yeah, and then just just Catch finished it in and in a, in a couple of bites there. So uh, a lot of memories from from BC coming Can't back. Do there. that in Kentucky, I no, guess. You sure with with ice cream, probably with anything else. Um, <laughs> yes. All right. All right. I, those were, I'll say, our two funnest facts back-to-back that we've had in some time. So good job by us there. Uh, let's move right into tailgate ability score. Again, a reminder out of 30 Bud Lights. So a couple of positive facts. It is homecoming weekend, um, but I will say it seems like of most of the groups, it's not a huge turnout. Um, I don't know, at least because of our group, maybe because we were in Raleigh last weekend. But I will be there. Uh, fourth and Dude will be in attendance. It was my first game back on the Heights since. Half, half a Fourth and Dude. Half I'm, a Fourth and Dude. I'm electing not to go. Correct. Smart choice. Um, so I'll be there, which is cool. The throwback unis do help the tailgate ability score. It will be cool to see those in person, although I know you hate them. Uh, on the negative that'll side. That will wear off after like two minutes, Matt, I think. It probably, so it probably I just will. Yep, it probably will. Hopes there. Yep. Uh, it's coming off a very deflating loss, so that's going to definitely hurt the tailgate scene. The general passion for the program is not nearly as high as it should be right now based on the schedule and based on how this team you know, looked coming into the year. It's a terrible opponent, which I'll say is a good and a bad thing because at least they are still an ACC school. So it is nice to see a hopefully easy conference win. It's not like you're seeing UMass, uh, but at the same time, it's not going to be an exciting game. Hopefully football weather, Matt, this could go a few different ways. So earlier in the week, it was just perfect fall football weather. Matt, dry, I've been just to, sunny. I didn't, and I didn't mean to cut you off. I've been waiting all week uh, yeah. for this forecast. So 
Well, you know, and, and and again, you know what they say, if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes. It's kind of the same with the forecast because it's been changing pretty much nonstop from Monday uh, when I start checking the forecast, you know, six days out. Uh, so it's 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 been dry and sunny and, and 55, really good football, New England weather. But now there's some rain starting to creep in on Saturday, which is obviously terrible. Should be dry for Fenway at night, which is good news because you don't want any rain during the ALCS. But if it rains during the game, that that just and, and more importantly during the tailgate, that's about as bad as it gets. Coming off a win, I actually think this would be a very high score if we were five and one, knocking on the door of the top twenty-five, throwback uniforms, easy win. It's not, so I'm going to go with a twenty point three, which is a very low score, especially considering the fact that I'll be there. That is way too high, Matt. I, okay. I compare this, and I won't go into all, to all the facts. I mean, it's it's Louisville. I liken this one to Temple, uh, except we have another loss on our schedule. It's we, it's a must win, right? If we if we lose this game, uh, Daz might actually get fired on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how bad Louisville is. Um, it, it it's to the point where you know you, you talk you hear Daz t- uh, talk up the opponent. He's actually not even saying how good Louisville is this this year or this week. Um, he left that out. So that's how you know they're bad. I mean, he said UMass was a really really talented football. He did, team. and so, we thought we were going to lose to UMass. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. So if he's if he's saying that or he's not saying that they're a good football team. Um, he's saying they're going to get better, which is, you know, that means that like they're the worst team in the world. So anyway, um, you know, they're actually really bad. We'll, we'll get into them in a second. Um, you, you nailed it when you said it, you know, if we won last week, everything changes. You know, we have one win or one loss rather, uh, one conference loss, most importantly, um, which I guess we still do. Um, but yeah, we'd we'll have add, one, we'd have zero conference losses. Correct. Yes. yes. Yeah, Matt, yep. was a, yeah, I was doing the math in my head. Um, but so, yeah, so with all that said, um, and weather contingent, Matt. You know, I, I care about the weather. Thank you. I got this at 14.7. That's how low I have it. It's a conference game against what is historically a good foe. Um, it just doesn't do it for me this week. 12.30 kickoff, the whole nine. So. Yeah, I think I'm with you, unfortunately. Uh, it really is a, a shame. This could be a very special Saturday, very special homecoming, and it's just the buzz is completely out of it. So too bad there. Uh, moving on into the top five plus six-man notable mascots. Again, and Matt, a reminder. And Matt. Yeah, go ahead. We have a special guest for this one. Okay. Um, I, I'm sitting right next. We have a live audience, and uh, I'm sitting right next to the PT from, as you guys all know, PT and the Gib, the Gib Dog. Am I saying that the right? Leading Celtics podcast. That's right. Exactly. Yes. So um, if you haven't yet, check them out. Celtics are kicking off next week. Um, so it's it's when are you guys recording your next pod? Uh, this weekend, we'll do a little ALCS preview as well. So there you go. But uh, yeah, yeah, long-time listener, first-time uh, guest here. So here we go. Awesome. Welcome aboard. All right. Well, with that, I guess, well, PT, you can kick it off here uh, with your first pick. Can we talk rules? So usually we do six. Um, Do you want to do two apiece? I only have two, so that that would work out well for me. (laughs) Yeah, that that works out. Okay. All right. We'll do a snake draft still, though, with three people. We'll figure it out. My first cardinal, right? And and just to explain the rules, you you were touching on it. It's mascot, famous mascots. uh, This week it's Louisville, so it's famous cardinals. Correct. And you can be creative with it. It can be fun. Uh, you guys will, will figure it out here. My first famous Cardinal is going to be Mark McGuire. He was obviously uh, just a legend in particularly 1998. The home run chase was one of the best summers of, of baseball in history. Um, I, and I really love that whole Cardinal team, Matt. Uh, you, you think about Jim Edmonds, Scott Rowland, uh, Fernando Tatis, who a couple fun facts about him. He had two grand slams in one inning, and he also may have dated Joe Buck. So, yep, Google, that's, Google, that's more Google it. Yep. I didn't make that up. So, Matt, what do you got? Uh, so with my first pick here, I'm going to go with the Cardinal Directions. So north, south, east, and west, commonly known as the Cardinal Directions. 
just, I mean, a, a staple for life for telling people how to get around without North, South, East and West. Uh, I really don't know how we would describe where we're going. Obviously, you get into the acronyms, never eat soggy. No, wait, you never eat soggy waffles. Yeah, that's right. Northeast, Southwest. Uh, but overall, cardinal directions, a huge staple for modern life. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a that was a thing. That was a compass, right? That yes, you used there? absolutely right. Absolutely right. Creative there, Matt. All right. So so number three, I'm going to go <clears throat> another different direction. I'm going to go Cardinal Richelieu. And, uh, you know, both you, Matt, you guys think you're, you're, you're history guys, right? Uh-huh. Uh, we're talking Cardinal Richelieu was the chief minister for Louis the Thirteenth. Oh, Pat, American history only. American yeah. history only here. All right, all right. I thought this was a secular podcast. Um, <laughs> so, so Richelieu was a key strategist in in the French rise to power, the Thirty Year War, the victories over the Habsburgs. I mean, personally, I'm more of a Louis the Fourteenth type of guy, but you know, when I hear cardinals, I got Richelieu comes right to my head. So happy you guys didn't snag that in the one or the two hole. Yeah, Matt, it, well, I wasn't even close to that one, Pat. Hey, was he the one that was late to the American Revolution? Because we could have used them earlier. No, this was um, 1600s. Yeah, a little early. A little early. All right, Pat, you got one more. You go to back-to-back here. All right, me, me again. Snake job. Uh, number four, I'm going to go Brian Cardinal. Ooh. On everyone's list. Good yeah. good steal there. So so 12, 12 seasons as a power forward in the NBA. Uh, you guys know his nickname was the Custodian? Uh, probably makes me think of you two as you guys try to play pickup ball. But, Ooh. Um, when I think of the custodian, I think of uh, Coach Orion in, in Mighty Ducks Three. You got to take out the trash if you want to win. Um, so that C better stand for Charlie because it sure don't stand for Captain. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Cardinal NBA champion with the Mavs. I would say his biggest accomplishment though was winning the gold in the 1998 Goodwill Games. Shout out Wolf Stanson D two. No big deal. Who we mentioned last episode? How about that? All coming together here. I absolutely love it. Uh, all right. So with my fifth, with my second pick, the fifth overall. Uh, gonna go on a little bit of a, a leap in logic here, I guess. But the movie Seven, a uh, great movie starring Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Seven Deadly Sins is kind of the overall undertone of the movie, and they go through how it kills everyone or whatever. Cardinal uh, sins. Seven Deadly Sins, as we all know, are more formally referred to as the Cardinal Sins. Ah, I beat you to it. Yep. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the hell that was about, but yeah, the Cardinal Sins and the movie Seven specifically. All right, what's your six? I'm going to ruin this one too. That's it. That's all. That's all you had on that. Okay, man. Yeah, man. I, how, how deep do you want me to go? It's a it's a movie. No, mine's really bad. It's it's horrible. I didn't want to present it. Um, hold on, I have to reference a separate document. Um, the cardinal chess piece, which apparently is a chess piece. Um, so you think about your bishops. Yep. It's also a cardinal chess piece, but not in typical chess. And don't ask me follow up questions, please. I'm very much not sure. Um, but it's a fairy chess piece. Okay, so that's that's what it is. Might be a different game. Um, so anyway, it's a chess piece that looks like a horse, that looks like your knight, right? But it can move like a bishop or a knight. Um, and you can jump over people when moving as a bishop. Or when No, so when you're doing it as the horse, you can, um, but not as a bishop. So yeah, this is a nightmare. Uh, Matt, any honorable mentions? <laughs> Matt, I got, I got a lot, of, and somehow fairy chess is not on my list, so <laughs> it be a bad job by me here. Uh, so everyone knows I'm a big train guy. I love riding the rails. So the Cardinal is the train route between New York and Chicago. That's not a route that I've uh, encountered yet. It's probably like 12 hours long, but could be a fun thing to uh, put on the to-do list if we you know, ever go out for a Notre Dame road trip or something like that. Larry Fitzgerald is, I think, one of the most beloved football players of all time, obviously primarily known as an Arizona Cardinal. Oh, sorry. Then, I'm going to take Pat Tillman. Sorry, you hate the troops, Matt. Okay. Fair point. 
Uh, well, not a fair point. That's a very unfair in, point that I hate the troops because that's false and erroneous. Um, and cardinal numbers. So I'm a math major. Everybody knows that. Basically, uh, a size of the set of numbers. You need to have a direct injection onto the other uh, you know, set. And, and that's how you discuss your cardinality. Math major, not a big deal. Uh, that's all I got. What about you? A couple of mentions from me. Uh, I would have taken Stan the Man Musial as my cardinal uh, on the baseball side. 20-time All-Star. Also got the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Obama. So no big deal. Um, my Arizona Cardinal instead of Larry Fitz would have been Rod Tidwell. Show me that money. Okay, um, I like and, it. And uh, last one, uh, Cardinal can be a color. The Stanford Cardinal is actually the color Cardinal uh, and their stupid tree mascot. People so. forget that. Yeah, people always think it's a tree. It's not a tree. That's all I got. It's been a pleasure, boys. All right. Tell you, you guys did a great job. I apologize to all the listeners. I'll do better uh, with the Hokies. Uh, I think that's the next one. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you will. Yeah. I can imagine so. Should go great. All right. Uh, do we talk football next, Matt? Let's do it. I, I I'll be honest. This is going to be very quick for me. Yeah, I'm thinking the same much. thing. I mean, Louisville they, they, stinks. Yeah, and good good pronunciation there. Louisville, good Louisville. job there. Louisville, no vowels in Louisville, but they are horrible. They were destroyed by Georgia Tech last weekend. An absolutely embarrassing performance. They were blown out by UVA. This is the worst team, definitely in our side of the ACC, and arguably in the entire conference. It would probably be them and UNC for a race for the bottom. But they are absolutely atrocious really nothing to get excited about on the football field for this game other than it allows us to tune up and, and you know get things hopefully back on track. Uh, they gave us some bulletin board material with their like freshman uh, wide receiver, said something along the lines of, you know, what do you see in Boston College's defense? And he said a lot of slow people. Buddy, you're not going to win a conference game all year. Why don't you relax with the trash talk? So I hope we absolutely eviscerate him individually, but the team as a whole. Uh, Matt, we have sources now. Uh, we curated some sources when we were down in the South. Our sources say that A.J. Dillon is not expected to play this game. Uh, we knew he was going to sit out the NC State game prior to it being announced. But we couldn't but tell you guys. We, we wanted to, you guys. but we, 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 knew, we knew around, I don't know, 8.30 a.m. We, we got to the tailgate field and we ran into a source and uh, we heard he wasn't on the plane. But we could not tell you guys um, until it was tweeted out by like a Sports Illustrated. We should have just done it. But we I have, know, uh, in hindsight. Journalists in hindsight, but we're loyal. We're journalists. We're loyal. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, I think it's it's just an opportunity to tune some things up. Figure out, get everything back on track, maybe get the play calling back to creativity. Matt, people forget that last year Louisville was the turning point game for us as well after our horrible performance at Vatek halfway through the season. So, yeah. hope for more of the same, we're see pretty, what happens. We were pretty anemic offensively um, in the first half of the, of the year, obviously. Yep. And it's, it's a testament just how bad, and obviously A.J. Dillon obviously broke out, but it's, it's a testament just how bad their defense was last year. Um, I think they're even worse this year, uh, obviously, if, if Georgia Tech's any indication. Uh, all they do is, is let up a billion points to every team they face. I, I'm not concerned about our offense. I think it'll be like Wake Forest, but you know, multiplied by maybe not two, but multiplied by at least one and a half. I think we can we can hang sixty on them, despite how you know bad we've looked at times. Mm-hmm. I think if our offensive line can uh, can take care of business, everything sort of comes together. Our guys get separation, so I'm not worried about the offensive side. Um, defensively, though, they can put up some points. They have put up uh, you know, a fair amount of points with the exception of, I think they put up a three spot against UVA. Yep. But otherwise, they've been pretty close to 30, 30 or more a game. Um, in Alabama, they looked like shit against Alabama, too. But outside of that, um, you know, there's a team that can score. Juwan Pass is a pretty good player. Um, I think he's still in developmental mode. Um, but they, what they do is they move the ball through the air pretty, uh, pretty well. And the freshman receiver is actually having an okay year, right? That's why he's uh, you know, running his mouth a little bit. Our Achilles heel is not being able to stop the run, so we have to sell out on defense a little bit. We have to mix up our, our blitzes and, and our, our, our coverage you know, overall, and they can't run the ball. They have not run the ball. I don't think they have a 100-yard rusher all year, 
So that makes me feel a little bit better. What might happen is they might burn us through the air. Um, so I don't have this as necessarily us, you know, shutting them out, uh, to be sure. I think their, their offense can, you know, put up some points and I'm concerned at this point about our secondary. Uh, you saw last week what happened, uh, with a couple of our corners. I feel bad because, uh, Torres, right. He's way undersized. He's like five, eight and he was going, going against, uh, Kelvin Sampson. That was a bad, nah, was, he's the that, Oklahoma yeah, coach. That's not the right name. Kelvin Harmon. It was uh, a really someone. bad matchup. It was a really bad matchup for for our defensive back. I mean, and those receivers are hard for anyone to guard. Yeah, They're humongous. And you combine so I'm not that carry with too much stock in it. Well, but you, I mean, you combine that with you know not being able to pressure the quarterback. Finley right. was just tossing up ducks to these guys, and he right. knew that they were going to come down because of the six inch height difference. So, and that's how we got all the interceptions. But again, I don't that is true. That. Well, not, I mean, the Zach Allen one was was kind of a fluke, and the other one was over the middle to the. It was a horrible pass. But no, I I agree with you. So there's opportunities to turn the ball over. Um, but it is a concern. I mean, the, the I think it's time for the D-backs to step up. Hopefully no one gets ejected for targeting. I'd like that streak to, to end. Um, and I hope the special teams keeps it rolling. I think that's that's kind of my read on the game. It's obviously a, a must win. This Louisville team is garbage. Uh, and I think It's a can, must win. I think we can do it. I think we should re, we should win handily, in my opinion. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a must win, and it's a must win comfortably. Uh, we kind of said this about Temple as well, but this one to me is even more so. Louisville does not even belong on the same field as an ACC program right now. Yeah, Matt, I, you said it. I think they're going to end the season two and ten. They have two wins right. Yeah. I think I don't see yep. another win on their schedule. Maybe Wake or, or Syracuse. They win one of those. Yeah, uh, I don't the know. Best case for them is three and nine. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know who their other because they've obviously played Georgia Tech, but they've one other game against the other side of the conference. So if it's I don't know who I don't know who that is, but it could be someone easy. But I think yeah, it's I think there's a good chance. Okay, then yeah, that's a loss. Yeah. All right, what do you got? What do you got for a prediction then? Uh, I don't have it written down, Matt. So why don't you go first, and I'll run some numbers. Okay. Uh, again, I think, like we said, I think we absolutely kill them, and we look pretty awesome doing it. I do think there is a switch that flips uh, from what we saw in the first half of the game uh, last Saturday, and this one is never in doubt. If we somehow lose, we burn all of the remaining koozies, so be on the lookout for a fire on Brighton uh, if things happen to go south on Saturday. But overall, I'm going 42-17. to 17. Noteworthy about this prediction as well, Matt, no missed extra points because I am fully in on the long man. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And just to, just to clarify, that assumes Dylan is not playing, correct? Correct, yep. Yeah, so I think, I think that's probably like a... Against them, it's probably like a 30-point swing, right? Right, exactly. So, I mean, I don't think it's in doubt either way, but, yeah, he obviously would, would make things easier. Yeah, I think I got a 51, and that's BC. And let me get these other guys. 51 to 34. I think it's it's never really in doubt. Um, you know, maybe they have a backdoor, a couple touchdowns at the end there. But I think we get out to a good start. Um, our line wakes up on both sides of the ball. Zach Allen has a, a big-time game. And uh, we roll into the bye week, and we figure something out. And, and Matt... And we'll get to it next week. These guys have some time to prepare for the back end of the schedule, yep. right? And not and looking that's ahead. going to matter. Not looking ahead. Um, well, let's get a win here. Let's get out of Chestnut Hill with a win. And uh, we have 14 days to prep for Miami. And, uh, and and that's where Daz's head should be at. Make some adjustments, figure out what's not working. Um, but first, get that W. Yeah, I hear you. I think, uh, again, at the end of the day, this is a great opportunity to put last week in the rear, rear view mirror and just focus on the task ahead. We've said it, but we can still turn this into a very special year. We kind of just need to harken back to that Daz speech last year, pre-Louisville, and have it all come together and come together beautifully. Let's have a repeat of Louisville in the second half of the season here and and, and you know, keep it rolling along. But again, it all starts Saturday with a good performance. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram for plenty of content throughout game day. Like I said, one half of fourth and dude will be back on Brighton. So look forward to seeing everyone out there. 
can't wait to see these jerseys in person. Uh, and I, I guess for your sake, I'm happy you're not there in person for that because I know that would be a damper on your day. But I think look, the whole Matt, town knows you're excited about these jerseys now. <laughs> Fair point. But look, at the end of the day, our, our CFP dreams are officially dead. This has been documented. But the road to Charlotte, it still rolls on. Is it still – should I say it? Do I have to I th- say it? I think you have to say it. All right. I'll say it. It's still a great day to be a dude. Dude